Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast and the class today, a dedicated loving memory of Rafi Arya Alava Shalom, Lilun Ishmad, Rafael Ben Agdats, sponsored by the Ohev Shalom family. As well, Lilun Nishmat Israel Kohen Ben Daniela, our hearts go out to the Cohen family in London. We are sorry for your loss, and as well, for Shlema for. Uh, Sarah Doret Bat Zakia, who needs a Yeshua immediately. Yeshua Tashem Keheref Ayn. The Pasuk tells us Midvar Sheketirhak. Midvar Sheketirhak means from a uh, word of falsehood, Tirhak, you should distance yourself. The Chachamim point out that this is the only to- mitzvah in the Torah where we find a Geder, the Geder of the mitzvah is built into the mitzvah itself. What does that mean? We read in Pirkei Avot that there's this idea that when a person has certain things that they want to do or that they don't want to do, right? What do we say? We teach a person, Asu Sayag La Torah. What does that mean? Asu Sayag La Torah. Make for yourself a fence around the Torah. So in other words, if you know that your most delicious food in the whole world is uh, bacon, lettuce, tomato, otherwise known in its beloved terminology of BLT, okay? If you you know your favorite sandwich is a BLT, make sure you don't go to Preta Manger in uh, England uh, or uh, you know one of these places to get coffee because you might nab yourself a BLT instead. Go to a place where they don't have a BLT and that way you know that you're not tempted. Asuseyag la Torah means don't walk into that store. Don't put yourself in the situation. Asuseyag la Torah means if you're always mixing up your money and tzedakah money, have like I do, you have four pockets. One pocket, my back left pocket is always money for tzedakah. Because I don't put money in it for anything else. So anytime there's any money that someone gives me for the synagogue or whatever, back left pocket. That way, when I'm doing the laundry and I find money, I don't get excited. It's a windfall. I know that that money belongs to tzedakah. Asu seyag Torah. That's what it means. Seyag So every mitzvah Torah says, lo tegnov. It doesn't say, migneva tirahek. Distance yourself. That distance built into the structure of the mitzvah, of the commandment, in the way that God said it himself, that is unique to this thing, indicating the importance and the essential nature of a person's commitment and dedication to transparency and truth. Rabotai, today these are big buzzwords, big keywords, transparency. How many times do you find out that a tzedakah behind closed doors is being run improperly, or there's some sort of issue, someone's taking you know, money, putting it in his pocket, and not the back left one, right? Various things that are happening that you realize is not transparent. A guy is uh, you know, promoting his friend instead of the person who's ra'ui for the job. That's a lack of transparency. It's a lack of honesty. So midvar sheker tirhak means you have to stay far, far away. So I want to tell you, I read over the line of the Gemara in Makot and it brought a giant smile to my face. And you'll see why in just a second. The Gemara says, Vidover emet bilvavo, he who speaks truth in his heart, says the Gemara, Kegon, who's an example of Dover emet bilvavo? Rav Safra. I felt very good about that. Until I remembered, of course, 
It's not talking about the Rav of Safra. It's talking about the Amora Rav Safra. <laughs> okay? And the, and the question is, what is it about Rav Safra that elicited this, uh, uh, what's it called, this beautiful compliment of him? Anyone know? Anyone remember? There's a special Mechilta. The Midrash explains that Rav Safra, what did he do? <clears throat> Rav Safra was once praying. And someone comes up to him while he's praying. And as he's praying, he says to him, uh, you know, I'd like to buy this item. You know, I'll pay you $500. Rav Safra is in a place in the tefillah where he can't respond. So the guy takes his silence and assumes that Rav Safra wants more, more money. He did not yet learn the, uh, the adage of more money, more problems. Okay, so the point was, at that stage, he thought he'd raise the price. It went from 500 to 700 No answer. Raise the money price again. Finally, Rav Safra finishes praying. He says to him, look... I'll sell you the object, I'll sell it to you at 500. Why? He says, in my heart, when you said 500, I thought, you know what, okay, I'll do it. I made up in my heart to do it, to go ahead, just because I couldn't speak. I didn't respond to you, but I made up back then. So for me to take 700 or 900 is dishonest. It's as if I sold you an object on Monday for 500, and then on Tuesday, it went up to 7. Or on Wednesday, it went up to 900. And then I go steal the profit from you. I can't do that. It's yours. Once he made up in his heart to give it over, if Safra said, that's what, dover emet, he speaks truth, not just in his, with his lips, dover emet bilvavo. Rabotai, mika amcha Yisrael. Who amongst the nations is like you, O Israel? And Rabotai, as we say as well about God, which religion do we have this idea of the uniqueness of what God demands of us? That not only what we say, we put in a contract we should keep. Bizarre people, you know, keep their contracts today. Not only contract, not only word, but even a person within their heart, they should have an honesty and a transparency and a commitment and a dedication to the values of upholding uh, of upholding justice. This is what the Torah is asking from us in Parashat Mishpatim. Now, of course, that's Lefni Mishurat Adin. It's the highest level. It represents someone who's operating in a very special way. However, I'd like to carry on and point out one other amazing idea about this concept. That that someone who fears heaven is Dover Emet Bilvavo. That he, even when he makes up in his heart, you know, he does that, he does that as well. I, I just want to bring you an example uh, of this, uh, of this adherence um, to being uh, exact and correct and true with your words, there was a, a, a rabbi who he studied with a good friend of his under Rev. Israel Yehuda Leibovitz, and they were studying together. And one day, the rabbi comes to his chavruta, his study partner, who already had amassed a small fortune in business. His name was Rev. Meir Gross, and he came to this Rev. Meir Gross, and he says to him, "Listen, please." You know, we have this almana, we have this poor widow, she can't afford to take care of her children, some of them are not feeling well, you know, we need to raise a, a, you know, a fortune of money, the man says on the spot, he goes, Rabbi, say no more, I know exactly what you're talking about, I feel the pain, I feel the need, and I feel the responsibility. He takes out his checkbook, he writes him out a check for $5,000, gives it to the rabbi, the rabbi thanks him so much. I'm going to go take care of this almana. He goes off, you know, etc., etc. Comes back after a little while, a few days, and he comes back to me with a check for four thousand uh, uh, dollars from the from the sedaka. So the man says, "What is this?" He says, "Look, we went into it. We figured out the thing. We spoke to the doctor. We saw what she could pay with insurance, 
It only wound up costing, we only needed $1,000 of your money. The rest of it was covered by other donations, but whatever, but we had enough. So the guy says, Rabbi, you don't have to return the money to me. You know, I'm sure use it for something else that she needs. Or maybe, you know, you might use the money for your yeshiva. You know, you could use it whatever you want. You didn't need to come and give it back to me. The rabbi says, Mechila, if I need something else from you, I'll come and ask you for something else. I asked you to help me with the medical bills for an almana. Those bills were taken care of. Here's the money back. What an unbelievable thing. Of course, in our hearts, you think to yourself sometimes, you know what? Poor woman, let her buy something nice for Shabbat. Or maybe let her put it away, she'll need it for next time. Or maybe, or maybe, or maybe. And we have a tremendous capacity when we think something is for a good cause to be able to, in our hearts, justify bending the truth. But what do you, it's stealing. It's lying. This dedication to absolute truth, Rabbi is so important. One of my favorite stories with Chamezra Atiyah. Chamezra Atiyah was the Rosh Yeshiva of Purat Yosef. He was a rabbi's rabbi. He was the great rabbis, the great leaders of our last generation. He taught them all. He was their rabbi in, Purat, in Yeshivat Purat Yosef. But not only was he a tremendous scholar, um, there was a man who came to him. There's two yeshivot of Porat Yosef, one in, in uh, Geula and one in the old city. The one that you see all the way to the left when you turn around by the Kotel with the dome on the top. That's Porat Yosef. So there was two yeshivot. Anyway, a man came to him in the, in the, in the yeshiva, in the office in Geula. And he says, Rabbi, Dachilak, I need your help. I'm, I'm suffering with certain problems. I need you to write a letter for me, you know, that I, that I should be able to take to other people, a reference. Rabbi says, no problem. He goes, but I can't do it for you now. He says, okay, no problem. When, when, is it, when can the Rosh Yeshiva do it? He says, I need to go to the old city. He says, okay. What do you mean you need to go to the old city? He says, um, he says, if you want, you come with me. And the guy jumps in the car. They go to the old city. He writes the letter in the office and he hands it to him. And the man says, what, 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 what we need to come to the city for? You could have written it for me in Geula. You're going back now to Geula? What's the... He says, I wanted to write on it, Rosh Yeshiva Porat Yosef. He goes, but the stationery says on it, Porat Yosef in Geula. And I, I'm the Rosh Yeshiva of Porat Yosef in the old city. So to write on a piece of paper that says, Porat Yosef Geula, that I'm the Rosh Yeshiva of Porat Yosef, is misleading and it's not true. Who cares? Nobody cares. If you wrote it on the back of a napkin, a recommendation from Hamazratia would have been enough. The point was that it couldn't come out from him something from his lips, from his pen from his heart, something that wasn't true. Rabbi this dedication to truth is incredibly important. Our rabbis teach us that uh, this idea of emet is so chashub that chotamo shel hakadosh baruch hu emet. The seal of God is emet. Now, what does that mean, the seal of God? What does that mean? There's lots of great midot. Why is this the seal? Rabbi the idea of a seal is once upon a time when you would send a letter so the letter would have, they drip wax on the outside, then they would take this signet ring, the one that we read about in the Megillah of Ahasuerus, and they would push the signet ring, which had a protrusion of the coat of arms, or of the signature of whatever it was, and they would push it into the wax. When it made the impression in the wax, 
it would indicate that this letter had the seal of Boreola, of the, the king itself or whoever. In this case, Boreolam's seal is, uh, is emet. And that means, Rabotai, and this is so important, that when we look, when we look at the seal of a letter, Whatever's in the letter, it could be like this, it could be like that, it could be, uh, you know, impressive, non-impressive, it could be, you know, etc., etc. But until you see the seal on the outside of the letter, the seal is me'amet, that which is in the letter. So as an example, someone says, you, you know, you're free from taxes for the next 12 months, okay? Until there's a seal, a royal seal, a governmental seal, without that stamp, the piece of paper is worthless. Everything on it can be... I think Rabotai, that's what the Pasuk means when we say on Shabbat, right, the words of Akadosh Baruch Hu, Mishpatei Adonai, Emet, Tzadeku Yahdav. They are brought into sharp justice, Yahdav, when they are held together. And let me just explain briefly what that means. When we say that God's seal, his, his, his uh, mishpat, his justice is true, it's important to understand that sometimes that doesn't appear on the piece of paper itself. It appears on the envelope. It appears after the piece of paper is folded, stuck in the envelope, and the envelope is closed, now there's a seal. A person might feel in their life that they're not getting, or they're not being dealt with with God in Emet, because look, I've done the prayers, I've done the learning, I've done everything, I, and where's, where is the Emet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that it says in the Torah, Ani Hashem, Ne'eman Lishalem, he's trustworthy to pay, where's the Emet? And the answer is, on the piece of paper, you're not going to experience it. But when you put everything in the envelope, everything in the packet, you close it up, when God seals that, that's Chotamo Shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu Emet. Rabotai, it's important that not only on a minutia level, on the, uh, our word, on our speech, on our whatever, are things true, but sometimes there's a truth that appears in the details, and there's a truth that appears in the overall scheme of things. A person could do everything right and wind up with the wrong decision. So as an example, you know people like that. You have someone who comes and they tell you, Rabbi, you know, I need help with this project. I need, I'm going to buy this, uh, this building. I need help. The guy says, no problem. I'm going to check it out for you. Checks out the thing. I'm going to write you the, the what's it called? The, the, you know, the, 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 the perspective. He writes it out. I, he did everything he said he was going to do. But he wants to buy the building himself. He thinks it's a great deal. So what does he do? He knows that the, what's it called, the broker, she's only in the office from 11 till 1.30. So he calls every day at 2 o'clock, calls the office. <laughs> she's not there, she's not there, she's not there. He calls the guy back, he says, look, I guess the deal's not going through. I called 10 times, they didn't answer the phone. Meanwhile, <laughs> you knew when to call, you called all the wrong times. Now he comes back, the guy says, all right, forget it. Then he buys it himself. What a shakran, what a liar. Even though a single word that emanated came out of his mouth, not a single word was untrue. But the whole thing was untrue. You misrepresented what you were supposed to be doing for that person. Sometimes we could fulfill the minutia in emet, but not have the chotamo, the seal, be emet. And that's one of the beautiful lessons that we're learning uh, from these words, midvar sheket rechak, from the words of sheket uh, of, of lies, we should distance ourselves. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.